Welcome to Last First Date Radio, featuring interviews with experts in dating, relating, and mating in midlife. And now, here's your host, Sandy Weiner. This is episode number 410 with Jill Sherr Murray, How to Attract Big Wild Love. Hi, everybody. I'm Sandy Weiner, and welcome to Last First Date Radio, where we believe it is never too late for love and that a woman of value naturally attracts the respect and rewards she deserves in life and in love. Speaking of woman of value, I have a new book out. It's called Becoming a Woman of Value, How to Thrive in Life and Love, and it's now available on Amazon in Kindle and paperback. It is filled with 30 fabulous tips on how to be a woman of value, how to really step into your value and thrive, whether you're single or in a relationship, whether you're young or old. And each chapter has an exercise to help you to really step into that value that you already have. So I would love for you to purchase a copy and write a review. That would be awesome. And this week's tip on becoming a woman of value is be aware of your tone. We have, you know, tone of voice is everything. And I remember years ago, my kids used to say, mom, your tone of voice is really bad. And I would think, well, I'm not screaming, but I was (laughs) holding back, right? It was just like, I was kind of like screaming under my voice, under, under my tone. So our tone of voice really affects how people hear us, how we convey what's important to us. So my challenge to you this week is to be aware of your tone of voice when you're having a difficult conversation, especially. Try to get yourself back to center before you have that conversation. So you're not like seething with resentment when you're saying, I love you, honey. It's really, everything's fine. (laughs) Um, And before I bring on Jill, I just want to give a shout out to my awesome, awesome Facebook group. It's called Your Last First Date. And we are a group for women over 40 who want to really grow into being a woman of value in their lives and in their love life. And it's, it's a group where we don't tolerate disrespect or unkindness. So if you want positive support, come to Your Last First Date on Facebook. And now for my guest, Jill Shearer Murray. She has been on the show before. She's also been on the Women of Value podcast. And I love her so much. Times. That's right. I love her so much. She's here again. She is so fabulous. You are going to love her. I will put the links to our other shows in the show notes, but Jill is a TEDx speaker. She's an author. She's a coach. She founded a company called Let Go For It. It's a lifestyle brand dedicated to helping people let go for a better life. She's also an award-winning journalist and a communications leader, and she can trace practically every success that she has had in her career and her love life to letting go. Her TEDx talk is called The Unstoppable Power of Letting Go. It's been viewed by millions of people. And her self-help book, Big Wild Love, just got released in May this year. So welcome back to the show, Jill. (laughs) I love how you were like, this is my guest today is Jill Shermery, and this is our 400th show. And I'm like, (laughs) yes, it is our 400th show. (laughs) Some guests are just so good. You got to keep having them back on. What can you get accomplished in a half an hour? I mean, seriously. Jill and I, know, I can talk for hours. I know we can do 400 hours, Sandy. I know. That's right, and we're going to. That's our goal in life. We're going to let go and go for That's 400. It. That's it. And then have half, and then share a cupcake. <laughs> oh, I like the cupcakes. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. So, right. I'm, we'll of course, I'm happy to be here. I'm always happy to be here with you. So much oh. to talk about all the time. Yes. Thank yeah. you. So, Jill, uh, for people who don't know, can you share, a, just share the little your cliff notes of your story about letting go, and, <laughs> okay. and then we'll move on to some juicy questions about lots of other stuff. Okay, good. Yeah, so um, when I was in my early 40s, I let go of a relationship with a wonderful man that I was with for 12 years after I finally allowed myself to see the actual truth that I wanted to get married and he didn't. And there was nothing I was going to ever do that was going to change his mind. So 
I had a very large moment of reckoning and realization. And upon that moment of epiphany, I decided to let go of him and an entire life that I had around him in another city um, and start all over again. And as part of the process of doing that, I wound up finding the love that I really wanted, which is what I now call big wild love, which is actually the love that I needed for myself. And so I worked very hard to cultivate big wild love so that I would make different choices going back out into the world of dating and beyond. And eventually um, within not really very long, probably within the next year, I met the man that I would finally marry. And we've been married happily for almost 15 years. Wow. which I can't believe, which is just insane. <laughs> Slow down time, although 2020 is doing a good job of that. Um, but, and so what really came from that experience and so many others really since then is an understanding and a realization that there is so much power in both A, cultivating big wild love, which is actually not love with another person, but love for ourselves that we need so badly before we could even think about doing anything else. And then the power of letting go that it's just this unbelievable combination that if you put them together, then you will always find your way to the things that you want in life. And um, I've experienced that on so many levels in that relationship, in my marriage, in my career, letting go of a full-time day job, like a crazy person thinking all these things right before 2020, you know, all smacked us down, but, you know, still having those tools of big wild love and letting go have, have just continued to serve over and over and over. So, um, yeah, so that's my thing. That's my story. I love your story. And yeah, you know, so many people live in that place of fear of letting go. I, I just recently had a conversation with a woman who, was seeking coaching and she's still married. She is unhappy. She's been married for, for decades to a man who was mm. totally not there for her. Mm. And the thought of leaving him without having someone else is yeah. really, really scary. So what would you say to someone like that who is like stuck in this place where they're not supported? They're really unhappy. The cost of staying is huge but the thought of leaving is frightening. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, so what I would say to that person is kudos to them for seeking coaching and support because, you know, I think sometimes even if we do have, you know, what we think is the most idyllic support system, you know, they're like friends and family those aren't the people that I necessarily think we should always be turning to anyway to be making those very large life choices. So what I love about her is that I see glimmers of big wild love just in the fact that she reached out to you. And, you know, the other thing I would say to her is, you know, it's okay to be scared. It's okay to, you know, find yourself at the edge of the cliff and kind of be looking over and thinking, I know there's a fire behind me, but I'm not, I'm not doing that. That's okay because things don't have to happen overnight. And so I think sometimes people feel like when they're in that space of, I'm unhappy and I know I need to let go, but I'm scared. I'm really afraid of what's going to happen to me. It doesn't, it, it's not like you have to jump off that cliff tomorrow. You know, there's a process involved in letting go that allows you to work through what you need to work through so that you have the grounding that you need when the time is right then to make that break. But there's a part of time that you need to put your arms around a plan and to say, I'm going to do this. And it feels hard and heavy, but it won't always feel that way because the things I don't have now, I have the capability to, to corral for myself. Mm. And to me, and I always talk about it, and you've heard it over and over on our like 372nd show, <laughs> which is, you know, that's why I talk about big wild love so much because 
it really does, you know, when we, when we go to the edge of that cliff and we look over and we don't see the net, we're not jumping. If we give ourselves time to go through that process and get the help that we need, when we get to that edge of the cliff again, we're not looking for that safety net because we know that we are the safety net. And so, um, so I love that she's reached out to you for coaching. I think that's, I hope that's something that she is like really celebrating herself for, cause it's not easy to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, you know, I say like asking for help and good credit are the keys to life. You know, like <laughs> I'll ask, I ask everyone for help. I will walk down the street. If I can't find myself to the next street, I'll be, I'll stop anyone and say, help me. I don't know where I am. So I think, you know, people, um, and you know, again, I mean, when I have struggles or I need help, you know, I mean, I turn to my friends and family to a point, but even if you have the best circle in the whole world, there are still times that it's very appropriate to go beyond to somebody who actually knows how to get you from point A to point B. So yeah, that's what I would say. That's that, that would be my advice. Yeah. Well, I love that you celebrate people who ask for help because yes, I do. so many of us don't, right? And I don't it takes it. courage to say, I'm stuck and I don't know how to get out. The other thing that you said that is so important is to have a plan and to really love ourselves more. Like we have to have that big wild love within mm-hmm. and it's missing in so much of us, especially when we've been in long relationships that have been so unfulfilling and so draining personally. Right. Um, and, and sometimes, you know, the fear it's bigger than just the relationship. It's, there's so many others and mm-hmm. our family and friends who want the best for us often give us horrible advice. I was just yes. telling a friend that when my son decided not to go to college, I got a lot of pushback from good friends who said, you know, that's, that's not a good idea. That's, that's really, like, how is he going to have any kind of security if he doesn't go to college. That was their fear talking. Mm-hmm. That's right. And it wasn't what was best for my son. I knew that deep down because I know him, that if school is not for him, he does have to have a plan, but right. it doesn't have to be the one that works for my friend. It has to be the one that works for him. And we right. all need to remember that, right? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And I mean, it's, it's such an interesting thing because I, you know, people, I mean, it's scary to let go. I mean, it really is. And, and we have these such amazing expectations of ourselves that are just so unrealistic, you know, letting go. And I always say this is about risk and loss and you, you have to be able to bear it. You have to be ready to, you know, walk your way through it. And that requires you to have certain skills and certain abilities and certain beliefs. And, you know, when we, when I talk about big wild love, you know, we talk so much about self-love these days. I mean, it's, you know, it can be a very Pollyanna, superficial, you know, oh, we must, you know, love and light. We must love ourselves. But (laughs) I'm talking about a very functional kind of self-love that really allows you in my opinion, to get to two basic things. And the first one is to understand what you believe about yourself and what you believe is possible for yourself and what you believe you deserve. So it's really understanding those beliefs, which we do not reflexively do. Like cavemen who heard rustling in the bushes did not stop and say, hmm, do I believe that there's an animal in the bush? Like they just <laughs> automatically like went into fight mode. Run away. And- <laughs> Right. But, you know, we, we don't understand what we believe, which is a problem, which is so we are like mindlessly, and I don't say that meanly or with judgment, but, you know, with no real consciousness choosing, making certain choices. And the other thing we don't know about ourselves is we have no idea what we want. And so Big Wild Love is about really making strides in both of those places in ser- so you can really be in service of yourself. So. I love a massage. I love a great night out with my friends. I sure wouldn't mind going to a restaurant right about now. Um, but those are not, that's not, that's self-care. And that's not really the kind of self-love that Big Wild Love is. It's about doing some deeper work. And we don't do that in five minutes. 
So, you know, if you're afraid to let go and it's, you're just sort of coming around to that idea, then you need, you, you need time to do that work that you need to do to be okay to finally, you know, extricate yourself from that, which is not serving. And I just think it's really interesting. And I was telling you before we actually got on, like, I mean, people sing that song to me constantly. It is just a constant. And they're always <laughs> like, when, if I, if I have a moment, because I'm human, of course I do, you know, and it's like, let it go. And I'm like, no, it's not, it's not that simple. You know, it takes time. So give yourself the time and putting that, putting that arm up in the sand and saying, help me is a great first step. Perfect. Perfect. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. People are so afraid to ask for help, but, but I, yeah. But you know, knowing... I used to run a communications team and I would say to them, like, if you don't understand, like ask for help and just, they don't, it's, yeah. yeah. We're not raised to believe that what's important to us matters. Mm -mm. Raised to believe that what's important to everybody else is what we mm -hmm. need to be doing, right? That's right. Oh yes. Mm -hmm. That's right. Especially as women, especially yeah. as women, for sure. Yeah. And I mean... Yes, we're, we're definitely not um, from the generation of, I mean, I know my mother, you know, walks around saying, I don't, I don't know how she got this way. I don't know how, I don't know how that happened. And <laughs> I said, well, I had to be like a self-cleaning oven, you know, like I had to kind of figure it all out for myself, <laughs> but you know, I mean, and so it, it is hard. And I think we don't, we don't always, um, we don't always allow ourselves to voice what we're really thinking or feeling or asking for what we want or for what we need or for how we want to engage with another person. And we make it so much bigger than it ever is because we just don't believe that we're worthy of asking for those things. Yeah. And, you know, it, it takes time to get to that point of saying, you know, which is your life's work we're valuable enough to explain or reach out for help or tell another person, you know, this is how I, this is, this is how I work. And this is how I hope that you will honor me and my boundaries and communicate with me. Um, and I mean, that's really a gift to another person yeah. because they don't know, you know, they, they just, they no people don't know what we need unless we voice it and we, and we speak up about it. And it doesn't have to be, you know, with pots and pans, you know, clanging and screaming. There are a myriad of ways to explain to another person, um, you know, kind of here are the ground rules. And I know when people tell me who they are or how they like to be communicated with or how they like to be, would like me to work with them. I mean, that is just such precious information. And by them telling me, they have just saved me so much time and energy and potentially aggravation because now I'm very clear on what's expected. And there's ways to do that in a very, very assertive and honorable way. So I love, I'm all about it. I'm all yeah. about it. And that just gets really bad as you get older because <laughs> then you really just have to be careful. <laughs> no filter. <laughs> you got to remind yourself, put the filter on a little bit. But, anyway. <laughs> but see, but what you said is really important that there is a good way to do this. There are many ways mm -hmm. to do this. And, mm -hmm. the, and the, the way not to do it is to hold it in for six months or six years and then implode. Right. And right. people go like, who are you? I, I never saw this part of you. I didn't even know mm -hmm. you needed these things. I had no clue. So we, we really need to practice and get the skills to, to own who we are, to speak up about it, to, to be able to give people the clear operating manual so they don't have to guess who we are, what we need, and we want right. that back. And we'll start getting it back the more we practice this. And I think it's really important to to the, to your point of, you know, we're holding it in to ask the question is why, why are we not speaking up? Why are we holding it in? Why are we sitting on what we need or what we feel? Why? And not, 
a why in terms of how our not doing that is going to impact another person. Because that doesn't matter ever. But it's really why, what inside of us. Because if we're someone who is not able to go to our boss or to a friend or to a partner in a relationship and say, hey, I'm feeling this, then we're not going to get anywhere bigger. We're not going to find our way to the place that we really need to be. So I, I always find, especially after I let go of my relationship, that is, was always the most important question to me when I found myself, you know, before I met my husband, just dating. And my natural instinct was to be like, why did he say that? Why, does, why isn't he calling? Why doesn't he like me? And until I would catch myself and say, wait a minute, why is that important to me? Why after one date am I giving over, you know, hours of my life to another person who's probably, you know, sitting on a bench somewhere, not thinking about me, or maybe, you know, breaking a heart of someone else, who knows? But um, they're all choices that we get to make. And when we start to cultivate the big, wild, loving parts of ourselves, those choices slowly become more reflexive. And so the, the, the script kind of flips. And so it's not so much about how am I going to hurt him? How am I going to approach my boss with this information? It's more about how am I going to honor myself and get what I need from this relationship? And you will automatically as a grown up and as a big, wild, loving person know to do that in a respectful way. So the question why, you know, we start out as like five-year-olds saying, why, why, why? And then somewhere along the way, we stop asking that question. But I think it's a very useful one as we get older and especially in dating because, I mean, people are, who knows what, what they're motivated? Who knows why someone with all the great, you know, ghosts us or doesn't call back or does what they are saying? Who knows? We'll never know. We, we'll never know. So the question always has to come back onto us. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. a great distinction. I think we, again, tend to be other focused and mm -hmm. when we're other focused, we abandon ourselves. So instead of asking the questions that can't be answered, right. Low, low value questions. Why do you do this? Why, who does right. that? Why did that happen? You right. know, and I, I saw a client do it today. She made up a whole story about why the guy didn't call when he said he was going to call. And so she reached out and she said, you know, I was really surprised you didn't call me. And then, you know, so it's, it's like, because she made up the story, she was angry. If she hadn't made up that story and just said, okay, he didn't call me. Am I looking for somebody who doesn't call when they say they will? No, that's, right. that's not on my list. Right. You know? right. <laughs> so accountability is one of right. my must-haves. Oh, so I'm going to let it go. Right. I'm going to let it go. And if he decides to call me, then we can have a talk about like how it's important for me to have men follow through. That's right. an important quality. I really yep. like when men do that. Otherwise, you're just, you're, you're giving up your power all the time. Yeah. So, and your life and moments of your life. I mean, yeah. life is Can't short. Get that back. Yeah. <laughs> right. Right. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. So, <clears throat> excuse me. Something came up in my group today, in my Facebook group, and I wanted to talk to you about it. And um, this woman, one of my monitors, wrote a post about let it go versus let it be. And she wrote that Eckhart Tolle had written, sometimes letting things go is an act of far greater power than defending or hanging on, which I love. And the Beatles have a song, Let It Be. And so she's mm -hmm. hearing the song and she's thinking, like, is there a difference between let it be and let it go? And she also said something that I thought was interesting because the whole conversation was around um, how somebody tells you to let it go. You know, so she wrote, to me, let it be implies that we acknowledge the hurt, anger, disappointment we may be feeling and accept and move on rather than let it go, which to her implied not acknowledging our feelings. So I'd love to hear your thoughts on, mm. on that part of letting it go because it's a very different take on letting it go. Mm -hmm. um, and the difference between let it go and let it be. Yeah. So I think, um, 
I, I kind of love that she said that it let it go is about not acknowledging our feelings because in my in my process and in my world, that is the wrong way to let it go. <laughs> I think just get I, over it. <laughs> right, right. Which which I think she I, I saw her post. I think she said it was a very diminishing thing to say to another person. Yeah. And I honestly, I really don't disagree with that in, in, in the sense that, you know, as we use that phrase casually, as we throw it out in life on the little things that the little things in quotation marks, um, it's so easy to just say, well, you know, just let it go. But letting go of something requires you to be with it and requires you to be with it in as many different ways as you can inside of a very reasonable time period, of course. But, um, and you know, tapping kind of follows, emotional freedom technique kind of follows the same strategy, right? Which is, you know, in my letting go process, this is, this is actually my step two, which is the first step is, step one is epiphany, which means you come to the realization one way or another that it's time to let go of something. Before you can move forward to the next thing, you can't do that without step two, or you'll just find yourself right back in the soup. Um, and step two is really feeling anything you need to feel around the idea of letting it go, which is, you know, feeling, you know, I say this all the time. I mean, when I let go of my relationship, I was, you know, snotty and, you know, full of pizza all the time <laughs> on the sofa, watched a lot of <laughs> Lifetime television over and over again until could take it anymore. But it's really having, you know, having the spectrum of feelings that you need to have. I mean, I went through it with the pandemic, you know, for the first month or two, knowing that I was finally having a book published and all the work that I had done leading up to it and the feeling of loss and grief that it was not going to go out into the world the way that I had spent so much time planning for, having to cancel events. And, you know, my parents were sick last year and they were still here. I would say, just stay alive till May, you know? And <laughs> so I had to feel the feels because otherwise there was no getting past it. It's like, um, it's like, you know, I talk about it in my book, as you know, is the tunnel of pain. Like you can't, there's no way around the tunnel. Like you just have to walk through it. And so I think truly letting go is about acknowledging your feelings. It's mostly about acknowledging your feelings because letting something go is about true detachment. And in order to have true detachment, you have to go through those cycles. So for, in terms of let it be, I mean, you, to me, that's just a way of saying, you're not going to change that. You're not going to control that. It, it is what it is. Just let it be what it is. And if you have something around it being what it is that you need to let go of, then that's the work. But letting something be is, I, in my, I guess in my mind, I never really thought about it before, but I guess in my mind, it's sort of an, an, an admonishment of this is what it is and I'm not going to change it and you're not going to change it. And I can accept that this is what it is or I could not accept what it is. And if it really impedes me in my life in any way, then I need to let it actually go. And that's mm -hmm. a whole different bag. So, but I, when people sing me that song or just say, oh, just let it go. And especially knowing that I've literally written a book on it. <laughs> if it's the book, but I've written a book. Um, I, I, I think, you know, it's bigger than it's bigger. It's a bigger thing. I mean, I know we're being light about it, but it's a bigger task than yeah, most people, sure. most people will acknowledge. Yeah. It's, it's to me, and it's interesting. Thanks for sharing your perspective. I think a lot of people do the same thing with just be you. Mm -hmm. And it's the hardest thing because like what I am being me, but I'm not really because I have all this fear and I have all these veils that are getting in the way of really being me. But how do I take those off? Mm -hmm. So it's, you know, there's fear in letting go. There's fear in having faith. There's fear in showing up. There's fear in all these things. But there's also ways to build a foundation to keep strong so that you don't feel like you're jumping off a tightrope with no net. I mean, cause that's how most people feel. Oh, just let right. go. Are you crazy? 
Right. I can't just let go of everything. I mean, when I got divorced, I let go of a lot of things. Mm -hmm. And, uh, but I I had a divorce settlement. I didn't have zero money. I had some. Mm -hmm. I had the security of a house, which was Mm -hmm. helpful. And I had a coaching career that was just starting. I had no idea how to make a business work. I had no idea that whether I was going to find a man or not. Like all those things were big unknowns, just like for mm-hmm. you. Right. But I knew that I couldn't stay where I was. That was taking too big of a toll on who I was. Mm-hmm. And I couldn't do it anymore. So it's the, it's the hope of something else. It's the dream of something else. It's the fact that staying stuck is worse than moving forward. You know, right. That helps us to, to really get out of a rut. Right. That's, that's it completely. And, you know, um, people are afraid of that again, because they just, they don't, I mean, I talk about this in my, in my TEDx actually, where I say, you know, let go of being something you're not, let go of what other people think, let go of, you know, the need to be perfect, let go, let go, let go of these things. And I know that they're hard, but and they never stop me. We're always, listen, we're wired to always care what other people think. We're always going to care about what other people think of us to a degree. The, the issue is, do we let what other people think stop us from being and doing what we want and, and allowing the true self to do whatever we want to do in our lives without, you know, judgment? I mean, there are always going to be people that are going to weigh in with their opinions. And to your point, it's never, ever about us. That's always about them, which is why I always come back to big wild love, because when you have that, you no longer come at it from a place of fear. You no longer come at it from a place of scarcity. You no longer think about it in terms of how you might be hurt or affected negatively in response. You might come at it now from a, well, you know what? Not everyone's gonna like me. I say it in my talk, I have an enormous gargantuan personality. Some people have no idea what to do with that. And I used to shrink myself down, but now I don't do that anymore. I use my big personality appropriately. Like I don't get up in the middle of a funeral and start singing or whooping or anything, but I'm so glad to hear that. (laughs) Not usually, but, but I mean, you can do that at my funeral. (laughs) Okay. Um, It's like, it takes the charge out of everything. The stakes become much lower. You become much less afraid and you start to really trust in your own voice and your own self and your own capacity for knowledge and, you know, to be helpful. You know, I remember when I was in my job and I I remember that when I first started in my job, I remember being in a meeting and thinking to myself, these people are talking about something. It's wrong. This is a bad idea. This is a bad idea. And I remember saying, well, don't say anything, Jill. Shh, don't say anything. <laughs> Just sit there and be quiet for a change. And then, I, and then I thought to myself, no, I'm right. And so I spoke up. And, I rem- and, I'm, and I'm saying this because I was such, I remember that moment so clearly because I felt like it was one of the first times ever in a business meeting that I actually had the dialogue with myself in my head that said, no, you're right. Trust what you know. And I spoke up and I have continued to have that dialogue in my head. And whenever I start to think, don't say anything. No, it's okay. You're right. And I don't mean that from a, I'm always right. I mean that from a trust your own sense of self and truth and knowledge and what you know and who you are. And don't be afraid of that. Don't worry about the outside world. We're all going to do that no matter what. It's just part of it. But if you can remind yourself to have that awareness and to remind yourself to take a step back, even in your mind before you are fearful and say, what, again, what am I afraid of? What is the worst thing that's going to happen to me? Someone isn't going to like me. I mean, you know, sometimes people don't like you. There's, 
there's no rhyme or reason. Maybe you look like their cousin's brother's nephew that stole your lipstick. You know, maybe you look like somebody who once did something to you or whatever. I mean, you, you know, we can't go out and we can't worry about that, but it, we do have to ask the questions of why am I so fearful about X? Why do I stop myself from doing X? Those are all the questions that I ask myself. And frankly, I continue to ask myself as I left my job and went into this whole world that I had no idea about and had to forge ahead like you did after your relationship and you after your marriage and you're now starting this business. And frankly, we're all having to do right now in this moment of COVID where everything is upside down, everything is uncertain. We have no idea where any of it is going to go at all. And the stakes feel really intense. Where do we ground? How do we ground? How do we do that? And for me, it's the combination of big, wild love and letting go that keeps me planted where I am all the time. So, yeah. Yeah. I, I, you know, the, the only thing that's constant is that. Right. You know, it's, it's world, right. the world will always be changing. The, the yes. circumstances will never be 100% predictable. The only thing that you can rely on is you and mm -hmm. your ability to process, your ability to figure out, is this going to work for me or not? How do I process this crisis? How do I process what's happening? Where do I begin and end? You know, mm -hmm. how do I set a boundary? How do I speak up? We can do that no matter what is happening around us. Mm -hmm. And yes. if you can live your life that way, you live in integrity, you don't have these ups and downs where you're constantly feeling untethered because we can feel untethered in a very stable society when we're making good money, when there is no COVID, when things right. are going as normal, we can feel like we have no grounding at all. Right. So, you know, I think this is a perfect opportunity for us to read your book and um, go yes. get Big Wild Love. And, you know, what I love about it also is that there's so many great exercises that you take people through. It's not just a whole bunch of stories, which mm -hmm. the stories are great and you're, you're extremely inspirational, but it's also, this is a process you went through. And so mm -hmm. you've done it, you take clients through it. Mm -hmm. It is tried and true. And I also really love how you talk about your big personality. I, I was listening to um, Modern Love has a podcast. I love Modern Love. Yes. Mm -hmm. So the, in the podcast, there's someone who's very similar to you who said that she was really struggling with finding love because she had mm -hmm. a big personality. And she ended up meeting a man who was perfect for her. She didn't shrink for him. She really found somebody. Once she accepted, this is me, she mm -hmm. found him just, just like you. And I was just thinking of you the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> yes, because I always say that my husband is the oak tree and I am the Jack Russell Terrier that jumps up and down. <laughs> but, you know, <laughs> could you imagine if we were both Jack Russell Terriers? Like, that just wouldn't work. So, uh -huh. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Bless him. And, right. But that's, I mean, it's so lovely that you found your match. You found your stable oak tree. Yes. Who loved that you're a Jack Russell Terrier. And <laughs> I think, you know, what happens when we shrink to please somebody else is that we don't attract the right person. Mm -mm. We attract the right person for that shrunken version of who we are, which is not going to last, you know, and it's, it's going to maybe work for a short time until you actually show up as yourself. I mean, I think when we shrink for another person, we attract another shrinking person. Yeah. yeah. So well, somebody certainly who's not right. We're not right for them either. Yeah. You know, because we're not really being, we're not really being our genuine selves. You know, big, wild, loving people attract big, wild, loving people. It just, yeah. you know, because our tolerance changes, that our, our preferences change, our tastes change, you know. I, I love pizza. Like pizza is my deathbed food. I love pizza. When I'm dying, I tell my people, see if you can get it into the feeding tube, like wrap the cheese really tight. So we can like slide down the tube. And a couple, about, about six months ago, I just, I don't ever eat pizza, even though I love it for obvious reasons. But I started to like, you know, loosen the rules a little bit. And I started to eat 
pizza more frequently. And then I realized that pizza is no longer really a food that makes me feel very good. And so I really, sometimes I really want to have it, but I remember. So now it's just not as appealing. And that's a normal response. That's a normal response. If you are dating over and over the same people that are giving you that same sensation and you're not having that normal response, then the question is why? So yeah, I, there was a reason why I told you the story of pizza. Oh, no, didn't, I, I, I didn't just pull it out. <laughs> Although maybe I mean, I my, the story I'm making up about why you shared it is <laughs> that often we love people who are toxic for us. Right. There we, we, <laughs> that it's, it's like that short term, oh my God, yes. pleasure, joy, and then yes. a, a heartbreak and yes. bloating. That's, and it. Really That's it. That's it. Thank you. Thank you. That's it. That's it. That's totally it. Yes. <laughs> so next time you date a toxic person, ask yourself, is he your pizza? Yes. Ask yourself right? why. Remind yourself how you feel. Because there's so many times that I will say to my husband, we're going to have pizza. I want pizza tonight. I don't care. I'm going to, I want pizza. And then like two hours later, I remember, no, I don't, because that's going to be a, you know, a three week allergy attack, you know, and no, it's not yeah. worth it. It's just not worth it. And so that's the thing is that it's coming back to the whys and it's remembering and it's having those normal, allowing yourself to have a normal response to pain, which is designed to serve us. And so when that's, until that becomes reflexive, it's being mindful of something or somebody that feels very familiar to you that you are immediately drawn to without reason or rationale. You know, people will say that's magic. And I say, that's a red flag. So, um, yeah, yeah it's just really paying. Yeah. So it's really, that's really, again, that's big. What I love It's really paying attention to you. And is this, is this, am I gravitating to this because it's familiar or am I gravitating to it because it's in my best interests? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And letting that impulse chance. Yeah. That is such good advice for everything. So the, the whole visioning process of mm-hmm. what will it feel like after I eat the pizza? You know, yeah. it's, mm-hmm. it's, you can do that with what will it feel like when I'm at that wedding that I don't really want to go to, but I felt kind of obligated. Um, right. What would it feel like to be on a date with this person that when I couldn't even have a good conversation on the phone? I mean, it's, it's, you know, the writing is right. on the wall and we just go, oh, well, I'm bored. I don't really have anything to do. So I'm just going to go. And then you're like, oh my God, I'm drained. I right. feel or horrible. Right. Right. Or it's the, how you, will you feel when that person does the same thing at the end of the day that the others have done and you look back and say, what's wrong with me? Or, oh, why did I do that? Why did I go out? I knew, cause I think, I know we know. I know we know deep inside. See, there's always a method to my stories. There's always a method to my madness. But, but it's true. It really is. And it's hard. You know, sometimes I really want pizza and I get really frustrated because I know that I can no longer enjoy this one of my life's simple pleasures. I cannot do it. But I'm not going to die. You know, no. by saying no, nothing bad is going to happen to me, quite the opposite. And while, you know, it can be hard to resist some of those things that we are naturally drawn to, if, you know, in my, and actually in my book, I put, I give people some charts and at the, like, as they think about, you know, what they want and how they're going to get it. And I, and, and when they create a plan, I ask them at the top of that plan to write down what was their epiphany moment that they knew they needed to change and what did it feel like? Because you don't ever want people to forget why. Mm-hmm. Once we figure it out, it needs, to be, it needs to be true north. It needs to be part of that. And we lose touch with it because we get so caught in the moment. We all do it. 
because yeah. it's an it's a forever thing you know this this recognizing that the time to let go is you know we're always having to manage those old beliefs manage those old behaviors you know manage that kind of scope creep and be able to say no i don't want that anymore i remember how it felt now i want this and while going through all this carb withdrawal is not fun i know that 3 days later i'm going to feel great so yeah yeah. Now I want pizza I, for dinner. <laughs> I'm going to invent pizza cologne for you and just <laughs> you'll be able to experience pizza without eating it. <laughs> oh my God. You know, a million years ago, I remember when I was in Chicago, I saw a, um, there was a woman in Texas who was being put to death row. It was years ago. And I, all I remember about it is they wanted to know what her last meal was. And it was peaches and cottage cheese. I said, you know what? Ew. Put her down. Put her down. <laughs> Put her down. <laughs> Put her down. Are you just like oddity? Come on. Are you kidding me? Pizza, brownies. How about my buddies Ben and Jerry? They could come visit. I mean, <laughs> right? Yes. Peaches and cottage Peaches cheese. It. That was her that's last. That's like meal. a programmed response from somebody who's been on a diet too many times. That is like that's a Weight Watchers meeting. Okay. That's you right. Know. <laughs> Go for the pizza. Go for the pizza. Your next book is going to be <laughs> Go for the pizza. Think about the pizza. Don't go oh for the Oh my god. <laughs> so many. There's so many in my mind. Yes. <laughs> and with all this laughter, there are such important messages here. And I, I love yes. the feelings. Like you have mentioned feelings so many times. So we abandon our feelings. And that is the clue to what is important to us. How do we want to feel? That epiphany is the true north because that's what got you to that place of i yes. have to change this and so if we forget that we start making other things more important you know we yes. eat the pizza even though we don't really want to feel that way so well yeah i think and it's yeah. it's also you know it also for me does a lot of triggering of gratitude you know when i think about that epiphany and i think about um how far I've come from that moment and how I never really allowed myself to be in that place again. And that had nothing to do with luck or fate or, you know, the cards or any of it. I mean, everything that we have in our lives, we choose. And so, you know, we beat ourselves up for the bad choices, but we have to take a moment to embrace the good choices and, and just be with them and be grateful. And I, and again, you know, I will invoke COVID once again. Um, sometimes I, I take a breath and I look at my husband and I look at my dogs and I look at my home and I think, good job. Nicely done. You're okay. You know, you're okay. You made your fair share of blunders. And you made and you, and you pulled up, you know. Um, and I still do things that we all do, make mistakes. But you know, we we do need to celebrate those wins because they inspire and empower us to keep moving and to keep keep on course. And it shouldn't be letting go or cultivating that big wild love should not be like an ongoing root canal. I mean, it's. <laughs> It's, there, at some point, it, be, it should become joyful in knowing that, you know, once you've, once you've done the hard work, you've gone through the loss, you've gone through the grief that is associated with letting go, you've, you've looked at the mistakes and you've looked at the belief system and all the hard stuff around cultivating big wild love, then the fun stuff comes because now you've got some really powerful tools that enable you to get to where it is you actually want to go. And maybe for the first time in your whole life, you are actually asking yourself that question of what do I want? Because I know I never asked that question ever, never asked that question until I was, was coming out of that relationship. And I realized that I had never asked it. I never stopped to say, you know, not in love. Do, do I want this? No, I met someone cute. They asked me to go on a date. They were awful. I stayed till they 
didn't want to be there anymore. And then I cried for them and they were awful. And I should have thrown them out of the window. Instead, I begged them to stay. And then I went right into the next awful one. And then the next awful one and the next awful one. And subconsciously I was like, okay, please don't be awful. I'm not going to leave if you're awful. Let me be clear. I'm still going to stick around, but <laughs> I'm kind of hoping you won't be awful until, you know, you get to that place where you're like, you know what? No. What do I want? And now here's how I'm going to do it. Here's how I'm going to get it. So, yeah. yeah. And the results were far better than you probably ever imagined. Yes. You know, I think that's, that's the magic. That's the magic yes. of letting go. I, and I think that when you don't try to control every aspect of it, you open yourself up to the amazingness of what's possible. Ab absolutely. For sure. Yeah. yeah. Well, I'm glad you let go because I got to meet you. <laughs> yes, me too. I know. I'm glad you got let go too because you did over and over and over in yes. so many, so many, many ways. Yes. You know, and that's how um, we connected. Yes. Yeah. Totally yes. feel like that soul sister thing going on yes, there. Yes, for sure. <laughs> for sure. Yeah. So Jill, tell people how they can get your book, connect with you, work with you. Where can they find you? So, well, first of all, I love that you in talking about your book mentioned reviews because reviews are like golden nickels for authors. And so, um, you can buy my book. You could buy my book I mean, anywhere, bookstore, you could get it, you know, wherever you shop, wherever you buy your books. Of course, you could buy it where all of my retirement funds are, which is Amazon. Um, <laughs> and I have an audio, I have an audio book as well, which is on Audible. So, and that was so fun. So if you like to listen to your books, you can get that on Audible and other platforms um, that sell audiobooks. And you can find me at letgoforit.com. And I'm on Facebook and Instagram at Let Go For It and LinkedIn on Jill Shearer Murray. I am not on Twitter or TikTok. I just, no, mm -mm. I don't do those. I, they're just too much for me. But um, yeah, and I, would, and I would love to hear from anybody, really, truly. And if you do decide to get my book and Sandy's, um, please leave us a review because it really is just so, so meaningful for authors. It, it helps us not only to promote our books, but it helps other readers to find our books. And so that's always a wonderful thing, especially in this category, Big Wild Love, Woman of Value. I mean, th these are really life-changing concepts and someone's life could be so much richer for finding them. So, yes, there you go. Buy her book. It is fantastic. I can vouch for it. And I will leave you a review if I didn't already. <laughs> and uh, yes, thank you, Back Jill. To you are awesome as always. So I'm going to go have a pizza. And um, yes, <laughs> me too. No, I'm we not. actually we <laughs> bake our own pizza here. And it's oh, good. amazing. And we get to control what we want on it. But yeah. it's, uh, it's delicious. We, we try not to eat so many carbs. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you all for listening today. If you love our Thank show, you, please, please rate and review us uh, wherever yes. you listen to podcasts, uh, especially Apple Podcasts. That's one of my favorite places to receive reviews. It helps people find us. It helps more, more people listen to this podcast, which will help people have big, wild love. And mm -hmm. we hope you go on your last first date very soon. <laughs>